0: All right, Mike, so what's what's the reason for uh, for the drop that Mr. Pelosi announced today?
1: Well, I mean, you've got that background stuff where you've got the weak oil market, and again, I am shocked at how that has been underestimated when you look at the overall impact. It wasn't just oil, it was natural resources, but then it impacts right throughout the economy, whether it's the real estate market throughout Alberta, whether it's manufacturers in Ontario and Quebec. So that's been the big one. He, uh, Stephen Polos pointed that out specifically. The numbers are pretty straightforward. I mean, you know, we shrank the economy in the first quarter down 0. 06 of a percent. Well, they're saying now the second quarter is down 0. 05 of a percent. Here's the other thing. When they look at the overall growth numbers, not surprisingly, I mean, remember, just in April, they had already revised downward what the year would look like to 1.9%. That's been knocked back further, Sean, down to about 1.1%. And the thing is this. There's not a lot of momentum going forward. I suspect that you're going to get some stronger growth numbers when you come into uh, the third and fourth quarter. But again, keep in mind, when things drop this dramatically, it's not hard to beat those numbers. So that's what I think we're going to experience in the third and fourth quarter. They're not going to be negative, but we shouldn't be deceived by the positive.
0: Uh, The loony reacted quickly. What was the impact on the dollar, Mike?
1: Well, a couple of quick things is that you know here we have us dropping our rate the very same day that Janet Yellen, who is the head of the Federal Reserve, is sitting there saying, "You know what? They're going to raise their rates. She still like to by the end of the year, sometime in the next few months." Well, think about that. It's pretty straightforward. You got two banks side by side, and one of them offers more, uh, you know, higher interest rates. That's where the money flows, and the money is flowing into the U. S. But exacerbated today by the fact that Canada lowered its rates.
0: Now, you, you've been forecasting a lower loony versus the, uh, the greenback since it was above par a couple of years ago. So you know, how far do you think the loony can fall, Mike?
1: Well, this is another thing that I think a lot of analysts, and I, I'm, I've got to be careful here. I'm not sure that when you work for a major financial institution, you better not come out with something that sounds pretty wacky. Like even if they thought oil prices were going to have a fifty percent fall, I'm not sure if they can actually write that. Well, that remains to be seen. That's what happened to oil prices. We've had, as I say, a cascading commodity market in general. We have said all along that we thought that we would break that seventy-eight cent barrier, which we did today. That's a six-year low. Now we're looking at sort of that seventy-five, seventy-six number. But I, you know, I'm not surprised if we hit down towards seventy. And the reason is, wow. I don't think the oil decline's finished yet and what's scary is how again under appreciated this is you look at what they've done in alberta for example i don't think anybody's forecasting oil prices to stay in that sort of 40s range but you know they may well we just had uh, you know the agreement with iran they've got a lot of oil in storage that put could put oil on the market here short term but certainly a year and a year a year and a half out it's going to increase supply and a supply that's already 2 million barrels a day in excess of what we're using so Yeah, downward pressure on oil prices.
0: Okay, so we got the dollar down, we got the bank rate down. Will this be enough to get the economy back on track?
1: Well, here's the key. And I know that we're entering into the the more than silly season, but my uh, reserved nature doesn't allow me to actually describe the political discourse around our economy. Bottom line... There are external factors that are impacting us. Nobody should think that any government across the country impacted what oil prices were. No, those are set in the world market. Oil is still the leading problem that we've got when we look at the sliding growth because of capital expenditures are down. But as I mentioned earlier, other resource prices, again, that is set outside of our borders. Uh, You're looking at the U.S. dollar strength. Again, that's got a heck of a lot to do with money coming into the U.S. from other parts of the world, especially uh, from Europe, Japan, et cetera, over the last few years. Uncertainty uh, has moved money into the U.S. That's, again, nothing to do with us. But we need a U.S. recovery. That's going to be the key for our exports to grow. And so far that hasn't really manifested, and I think that surprised a lot of analysts that we haven't had a better boom there. So you've got to remember, uh, you know, that's all, these external factors are beyond our control. Here's one thing that is, though, that I don't think we appreciate the impact that raising taxes at all three levels the government has on uh, people's consumer spending. And I'll give you a quick example, Sean. You remember when the gas prices fell back at the beginning of the year? We had tons of people coming out and saying that'll boost consumer spending it didn't happen. And it didn't happen for two reasons. One, they didn't take into account that on, again, I'm looking at all three levels of government, a lot of that savings from, say, gas price drop were already spoken for by tax increases. And then the other one is that the imports would also go up with the falling loonie. So the cost of the imports go up. So presto, there wasn't any big savings because gas prices dropped. That translated into more economic activity.
0: Okay, so if interest rates, then, Mike, are just one part of the equation, what else can we do?
1: Well, I think, I think, first of all, we have to recognize the challenge, and I don't think we have. We're in a world that's deleveraging. I mean, let's look around. The only semi-bright spot, and it's not burning bright, is the United States. China's in trouble. Forget their stats from the last week. I mean, who wants to believe those? But China's been in trouble. They've got a debt problem there. Uh, clearly Europe's uh, you know just absolutely flatlining in terms of growth there. so we're not going to look for demand there. So our only hope is that the US can continue its recovery, but they're getting a ton of mixed signals right now in the US. So we have to first appreciate that this is a serious problem. and I don't think I think Canadians traditionally take our economic prosperity, for granted. And obviously that's something that's hitting people who worked in the resource sector very hard right now, especially the oil side of things. So we got to start with that. we got to see that it's a competitive environment. We've got to see that we've got to do everything we can. And I can tell you this, it's not politics, it's economics. You raise taxes in a down economy. You are not doing anything. There's nobody who would disagree that that restricts economic growth at a time we need economic growth.
0: Okay, a couple of quick final questions on interest rates. uh, What impact on the housing market?
1: Well, the lower end of the market is going to benefit from this because, again, that's where you see the real impact of low interest rates. People getting into the market uh, right into the mid-range. At that upper range that we hear so much about, you know, those 3 and 4 and $5 million homes, they're not so susceptible to interest rate movements. It's other things. Capital flow coming in from other parts of the world, if we ever measured it, and we can give you an exact number. We can't at this point. But at the lower end, yeah, affordability is dramatically impacted. I saw Rob Carrick in the Globe and Mail do an analysis of uh, housing prices between 1981 uh, and today, and it was more expensive than 81. Why? Because mortgage rates were double digits. So that low uh, interest rate is going to help the low end of the housing market.
0: And, and quickly, uh, who, who's impacted the most here, Mike?
1: Not near enough talk about how it impacts the seniors. You know, we were told, save for retirement, you're going to be okay. Well, consider this. You go out and get something safe like a 10-year Government of Canada bond. You put a million dollars, that's after-tax savings, into that bond. You'll get $16,500 today, and then you'll pay tax. You know, compare that with the year... Uh, 2007, we're still getting about 43,000. About 60,000 would have come your way in the year 2000. And you go back to the mid 80s, 120,000 will have come your way. I think the low savings uh, rates are really going to start hurting people who are relying on those savings for their standard of living. Absolutely. Obviously, seniors first.